0: Sri Ramakrishna, the Great Master Chapter 3 The Pious Family at Kamarpukur It is difficult to imagine the thoughts that arose in the minds of Ram and his wife the day they came to Kamarpukur with the ten-year-old Ramkumar and Kathyaini, their daughter of four, and settled in the cottage given to them. The world, filled with jealousy and hatred, must have seemed to them a hideous place of the dead, shrouded in dismal darkness. Thoughts of affection, love, kindness, and justice, no doubt, occasionally shed there a dim light, raising in quivering hearts some hope of happiness. But it is blasted the next moment, leaving behind deep depression it is natural that many such thoughts should have arisen in the minds of shudhiram and his wife when they compared their previous condition with the present one only when misery and calamity come do men realize the transitoriness and worthlessness of this world It is therefore not at all surprising that Shudhiram now felt detached from the world and that his profoundly religious mind was full of devotion to God and reliance on him. For he could not forget how unexpected and unasked for was the shelter given to them. Is it then strange that, being indifferent to worldly prospects, he once more devoted his time to the service and worship of the Divine Lord and surrendered himself completely to to Raghuvir. From now on he was living, no doubt, in the world, but like the vanaprasthas of ancient times, he was not of it. An incident which happened at this time still further intensified Shudiram's faith in God. One day, he went to another village on business. On his way back, he became tired and rested under a tree. The vast, lonely field and a soft, pure breeze brought repose to his troubled mind and tired body. He felt a strong desire to lie down and and no sooner had he done so than he was overcome by sleep. He then had a dream in which he saw standing before him his chosen ideal, Bhagavan Sri Ramachandra, in the guise of a divine boy. His body green like the tender blades of Durva grass, pointing to a particular spot. The boy said, I have been staying here for a long time without food and without anyone to take care of me. Take me to your house. I have a very strong desire that you should serve me. Shudhiram was overcome with emotion and said, paying homage to the Lord again and again, O Lord, I am without devotion and I am very poor. Service defeating you is not possible in my hut and I shall incur sin should there be any flaw in it. So why do you make such a difficult request to me? At this, the boy Ramchandra comforted him and said graciously, Do not be afraid. I shall not take offence at any shortcoming take me with you unable to control his feelings at the lord's unexpected grace shudhiram burst into tears just then his dream came to an end when he woke up shudhiram wondered at the strangeness of his dream and thought ah if only such a good fortune would be mine then suddenly his eyes fell upon the paddy field close by and at once he he recognized it as the very place he had seen in the dream. Out of curiosity, he approached the spot where he saw a beautiful Salagrama stone and a snake with an expanded hood guarding it. Eager to process the stone, he hastened towards it. On reaching it, he found that the snake had disappeared and that the Salagrama was lying at the entrance to its hole. Seeing that the dream had come true, His heart leaped with joy and he felt no fear of the snake, convinced as he was that he had received God's command. Crying out, Glory to Raghavir, Shudhiram took the stone in his hands. He carefully examined the marks on it and with his knowledge of the Shastras found it to be a Raghavir Silla, beside himself with joy and wonder, he returned home, performed the purificatory ceremony of the Salagrama according to the Shastras and installing it as the family deity, began to worship it daily. Even before he came upon the Salagrama in this strange manner, Shudhiram had been worshipping Sri Ramachandra, his chosen deity, every day. He also worshipped daily the goddess Sitala, invoking in a consecrated pot filled with water. His difficulties continued, but Shudiram cheerfully bore all kinds of misfortunes, strictly observing as ever the religious injunctions. On some days, when there was nothing in the house to eat, his devoted wife Chandra Devi would grow anxious and tell him about it, but unperturbed. Shudhiram would comfort her, saying, never mind, if Raghuveer chooses to fast, why shouldn't we also? At this, the simple-hearted Chandra, also also like her husband, would resign herself to Raghuveer and go on with her household duties. But somehow, food sufficient for the day would come. But Shudhiram did not suffer long from this uncertainty about food. For, by the grace of Raghuveer, the one biga and ten Chataks of land at Lakshmi Jala, given to him by his friend Sukhalal Goswami, began by now to produce so much paddy that there was not only enough for the little family's annual needs, but something was even left over to feed guests and strangers. Shudiram hired men to plow the field, and when the rice seedlings were ready, he would transplant a few himself taking the name of Raghuveer, and then let the men finish the work. Two or three years went by in this manner. Shudiram depended entirely on Raghuveer and what chance brought him, but he did not lack plain food and clothing. Therefore, the hard trials of these two or three years, instead of discouraging him, filled his heart with a sense of reliance on God and a continuous flow of peace and contentment such as as few experience. Henceforth, it was natural for him to be always indrawn and in consequence he had from time to time various divine visions. Every morning and evening during his prayers he would repeat the meditation mantra describing the Gayatri with such deep devotion and concentration of mind that his chest became flushed and tears of love flowed down from his closed eyes. Early in the morning he would go basket in hand to pick flowers for the worship and at such times the goddess Sitala who received his daily adoration would appear before him as an eight-year-old girl dressed in red and wearing many ornaments. She would accompany him smiling and help him pluck flowers by bending the branches in blossom. These visions filled his heart with joy. His staunch faith and deep devotion, which were reflected in his countenance, kept him always on a high spiritual plane. Seeing his calm and peaceful face, the villagers instinctively recognized his spirituality and began to venerate him with the love and devotion due to a rishi. Whenever they saw him coming, they stopped all idle talk, stood up and greeted him respectfully. They hesitated to enter the tank when they saw him bathing and waited in reverence till he had finished. With complete faith in him, they came for his blessings in weal and woe. Chandra Devi's loving and guileless nature also captivated her neighbors and made them look upon her as their mother. From no one else did they receive such heartfelt sympathy in their joys and sorrows. The poor knew that whenever they went to Chandra Devi, they would receive not only food but also such a genuine welcome and affection as would fill their hearts with inexpressible joy. To holy men living on alms, her door was always open. There was nothing that the children could not coax out of Chandra Devi. Thus, everyone, young and old, was welcome at any time at Shudiram's. Cottage, which in spite of poverty and suffering always radiated a wonderful peace and joy. As already mentioned, Shudhiram had a sister named Ramsila and two younger brothers, Nidhiram and Kanai Ram, the latter being also called Ram Kanai. At the time of his loss of all his property on account of the disp- dispute with the landlord of Derepur, his sister was 35 and his brothers 30 and 20. E5 respectively. By then, all the three had married and set up their own homes. Ramsila was married to Bhagavat Bandopathyaya, who lived in Silimpur, a village about 12 miles west of Kamarpukur. She had a son, Ramchand, and a daughter, Hemangani. At the time of Shudhiram's misfortune, Hemangani was 16, and Ramchand, who had then begun to practice as a Muktiya leader, was about twenty-one. Born in the home of her maternal uncles at Derepur, Hemangini was a greater favourite with them than her brother. Shudhiram brought her up like his own daughter, and when she reached the proper age, he himself gave her away in marriage to Krishnachandra Mukhopadhyaya of Sihar, a village five miles northwest of Kamarpukur. In course of time, she became the mother of four sons, Raghava, Rama, Ratan, Hridayaram and Rajaram. We could not find out whether Ram had any children, but Kanairam had two sons, Ram Tarak, otherwise known as Haladhari and Kalidas. Kanairam was of a devotional and contemplative nature. Once he went to a drama, which portrayed the banishment of Sri Ramachandra to the forest. The performance became so realistic to him that he took Kaikeyi's secret plotting and scheming to be real and was on the point of striking the actor who played the part. On the loss of the ancestral property, Nidhiram and Kaneram, it appears settled in the villages of their fathers-in-law. We have already said that Ramachandra Bandopadhyaya, Ram'sila's son, was a pleader. His practice in the town of Medinipur brought him a good income. Considering the straitened circumstances of his maternal uncles, he now sent 15 rupees a month to help Shudiram and 10 rupees each to Nidhiram and Kanairam. If Shudiram did not hear from his nephew for some time, he would become anxious and hasten to Medinipur to see him. We were told of a strange incident which occurred when Shudiram was once going to Medinipur. We relate it here as an example of his de- deep devotion to God. Medhinipur is situated about forty miles southwest of Kamarpukur. Having had no news of Ramachandra and his family for a long time, Shudhiram set out one day to him to see him. It was probably during the month of Magh or Falgun when the vilva trees shed their leaves, making the worship of Siva difficult until new leaves appear. Shudhiram had been experiencing this difficulty for some time. He started very early and walked steadily on till he reached a certain village at about 10 o'clock in the morning. Finding that the vilva trees there were already in leaf, his heart leaped with joy and all thought of proceeding to Medinipu left his mind. He bought a new basket and a piece of cloth and washed them thoroughly in a pond close by. Then he filled the basket with new wilwa leaves, covered it with the wet cloth and returned home, reaching there about three in the afternoon. Immediately on his arrival he bathed and then for a long time joyfully worshipped these fresh leaves the great god Shiva and Sitala, the Divine Mother. Not until he had finished the worship did he sit down for his meal. Chandra Devi thought this to be the right moment to ask him why he had not gone to Medhinipur. When he told her everything, she was amazed to learn that he had come back all the distance solely on account of his eagerness to worship Shiva with the leaves. Shudhiram started again for Medhinipur very early the next morning. Thus, Shudhiram spent six years at Kamarpukur. His son Ram Kumar was now 16 years old and his daughter Katyaini 11. His daughter being of the right age, he gave her in marriage to Kane Ram Bandopadhyaya, who lived at Anur, a village two miles northwest of Kamarpukur. While Ram Kumar was married to Kane Ram's System. Ram Kumar had by then finished his study of Vyakarana and Sahitya in a Sanskrit school near the village, and was now studying Smriti, which are the laws governing the Hindu society and religion. Another three or four years passed by the grace of Sri Raghuvir. Shudiram was now consider uh, considerably more prosperous than before, and free from anxiety, he would go, give all his time to God. During this period, Ram Kumar finished his study of Smriti and applied his mind to the best of his ability to the improvement of the family's economic condition. It was about this time that Sukhalal Goswami, Shudhiram's great friend, passed away. His death caused Shudhiram deep sorrow. After finishing his studies, Ram Kumar, now a young man, upon himself the responsibility of maintaining the family. Shudhiram was thus free to apply himself to other things. He now had a great yearning to go on a pilgrimage and before long, probably in 1824, he started on foot for Setu Bhanda Rameshwar. His visit to the places of pilgrimage in South India took him a year, after which he returned home. With him he brought a Banalinga, from Setubhandha, which he began to worship daily. This Banalinga, named Rameshwar, can be seen even today near the Salagrama stone of Raguvir and the water jar symbolizing the goddess Setala. A long time after the birth of her second child, Chandra Devi gave birth to another son in 1826. In memory of his great his recent pilgrimage, Shudhiram named his son Rameshwar. The next eight years showed little change in the tenor of life of the poor family at kamaad Ram Kumar now earned money by advising people on religious matters on the authority of the Smritis and by performing various religious ceremonies. In consequence, the family was more effluent than before. He became an expert in the performance of those rites and is said to have obtained a supernatural power to make them effective. Study of the scriptures had given him faith in the worship of Shakti, the primordial divine power personified. He had also received initiation in the mantra of Shakti from a competent teacher. He had a wonderful vision one day while worshipping this goddess, his chosen deity. He felt as if she was making the letters of some mantra with her own finger on the tip of his tongue. This experience made him perfect in astrology. Henceforward, whatever he predicted would come true. Simply by looking at a patient, he could know whether he could be cured or not. He acquired some fame in those parts for correct prediction of future events. It is said that on seeing a person suffering from a severe disease, he would start performing propitiatory rites for his recovery and would say emphatically, as soon as the grains I am now sprinkling sprinkling over the place of worship begin to sprout, this person will recover. And as a matter of fact, what he said would actually come true. His nephew, Sivaram Chattopadhyaya, told us the following story as an illustration of this power. Being in on business, Ramkumar was bathing in the Ganga one morning, when a rich man and his family also came for a bath. The man's wife was seated in a palanquin, which was taken to the river so that she could take her bath inside it. Coming as he did from the village, Ram Kumar had never seen a woman bathing in this way, protected from public cage. Looking at the palanquin with wonder, he uh, happened to catch sight of the woman's face for a moment. He instantly knew through his supernatural power that she would die the next day, and was so overcome by the thought that he could not help muttering sadly to himself Alas, the body which today is being bathed with such prop- will tomorrow be immersed as a corpse in the Ganga and disposed of in the sight of all. The rich man overheard this, and in order to test the truth of his words, pressed Kumar to come to his house. His real intention was to teach him a good lesson in case his prediction proved false. The young woman was in perfect health, and there was no indication whatever at that time of such such a mishap. But since what Ramkumar had predicted actually came to pass, the man finally could not but let him go in peace. Once looking into his wife's future, Ramkumar made a sad prediction, which unfortunately proved true afterwards. She is said to have had auspicious marks. From the very day he married her and brought her to his home, the wheel of fortune took a favorable turn for the family. She was then seven years old, and the marriage took place probably in 1820. It was from this time that the improvement in his father's circumstances began, for it was just then that the monthly help from his nephew, Ramchandra of Medinipur, began to come in. Naturally, any daughter-in-law who thus brings good luck to a family on becoming its member is looked upon with love and respect moreover since ram kumar's child wife was then the only daughter-in-law of the family it is not surprising that everyone made much of her we were told that in spite of her good qualities too much of indulgence and attention made her touchy and obstinate but although these defects were noticed by all no one ventured either to mention them or to correct her for everyone overlooked her little defects, remembering that she had brought prosperity to the family since the day of her coming. But when she was grown up, Ramkumar one day looked at her and predicted that although she had auspicious marks, she would die if she, she should ever conceive. When he found, however, that she did not conceive for several, several years, he thought that she was barren and felt relieved. But at the age of thirty-five, she did conceive, and the following year, 1849, she passed away after giving birth to a very beautiful male child. The boy was named Akshay. Chronologically, this incident comes much later, but we have narrated it here for the sake of convenience.